The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my companion, Rachel. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> uh, this series of Old Space Show follows the story by story time traveling adventures of the Sixth Doctor and Perry Brown during season 22 of Doctor Who, Colin Baker's first year in the role. Today, we will be discussing the story comprised of episodes 10 and 11, Time Lash. <laughs> While trying to figure out their next destination, the six Doctor and Perry are caught in a Contron tunnel. This time corridor almost destroys the TARDIS. Before landing, they see the image of a woman pass through the TARDIS. They arrive on Carfel, a place his third iteration and Joe Grant had visited long ago. They are greeted by Tecker, the recently appointed acting Malin or proxy mayor, as Carfel is run by the Borad, who is only seen via a monitor to its people. He charges them with finding an amulet the woman they saw pass through the TARDIS had stolen. Little do they know, there is much rebellion going on with the Bandrills, former allies of Carfil, ready to invade. A High Council member had discovered the rescinding of the Grain Supply Treaty by the previous Malin, who was aged to death by the Vorad. Tecker has ill intention for the power he will receive from the amulet stolen by the Councilman's wife and kidnaps Perry to force the Doctor back into the Time Lash to recover it. There, he finds the woman, Vina, in 1885 Scotland with a man called Herbert, whom he brings back to Carful. Sentenced to being tossed in the time lash, the Doctor and other rebels are able to escape with two Contron crystals. Tekker reports to the Borad, revealed to be half-human, half-Molrocks, a kind of snake-like creature that dwells in the caverns of Carful. The Borad binds Perry in the caverns with a gas chemical that will hopefully mutate her with a Morlax, making her his. The Doctor arrives and recognizes the Borlad as Megalin, a crazed scientist he exposed for unethical experiments on Morlocks on his previous visit. His plan is to now start a war that will leave only the Morlocks as Carful's inhabitants. Tekka rebels but is aged to death. The Doctor deflects the aging with the crystals which kill Megalin. Herbert saves Perry and the Doctor intervenes on a missile attack from the Bandrills to prevent the destruction. Megalin still lives as it was a clone that died. But he sees an image of himself in the mirror, freaks out, and the Doctor throws him into the Time Lash to Loch Ness. As the Doctor and Perry prepare to return Herbert home, they discover his name is Herbert George Wells. Oh, Time Lash is directed by Pennant Roberts, who was previously directed Warriors of the Deep. Yeah, he gets those two on his record. How the mighty have fallen. Yes, yeah, but let's, okay, but, you know, We'll give him a hard time there, but she's also directed Shada, the pirate planet, Sunmakers, the face of evil. And he also did four episodes of Blake Seven and nine episodes of Terry Nations, the Survivors. Okay. Fine. Yeah. 
It's been don't talk to me about Shada though. I am so over Shada. (laughs) Shada. All right. Can we call Jody Space Jail Shada? I want to call Shada. Let's do that. Uh, So uh, could be. (laughs) It's written by Glenn McCoy. Who? This is only Doctor Who, and he'll. Gee, I wonder. He'll Why? only do uh, five episodes of EastEnders after this. He's done some other shows I didn't know, but he did EastEnders. It's starring Colin Baker and Nicole Bryant and guest stars Paul Darrow, Neil Hallett, Jane Crowley, and David Chandler. Paul Darrow, Avon from Blake 7. And he previously appeared in Doctor Who and the Silurians, uh, conveniently a third Doctor story. This guy... I mean, if you watch Blake Seven, he is in—he's one of the main crew in Blake Seven. He's kind of like the good guy that's bad that you don't trust or whatever. And he has a really awesome arc throughout the series of uh, the show, uh, due to some production troubles and stuff. This show drastically changes from season two to three for Blake Seven people. But here he is—we have back-to-back Blake Seven people <laughs> in uh, Doctor Who the, in Colin Baker's first year in the role. But this is largely considered the worst or second worst story in the entire history of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> and for, the twin dilemma is not someone, too far in the hindsight. It yeah, really well, for someone who loves the sixth Doctor, this is, and Doctor Who in general, yeah, this is bad. The production value on this is model. Yeah, it's Some bad. of the special effects and the sets are just like, I've seen kindergartners do more elaborate stuff with. And it is lit. They have those studio like, lights hot. hot <laughs> you know, construction paper and a box of Crayolas. So like, yeah. and the thing is, like every now and then there's something that's actually like of decent quality. Like uh, once we finally meet the the Borad, the proper mm-hmm. Borad, maybe not so much when he's sitting in the chair, but when, later when he shows mm-hmm. up and he's got Perry hostage, like his like makeup and prosthetics and stuff is actually really good. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. But yeah, some of the just the production value on this is just. Yeah. I mean, it's after. Bad. <laughs> Money's like, here's their position in the money shot. They just they did the two doctors, which was expensive, and yes. then they got to save their money for a, re- a revelation of the Daleks, which comes next. Like they're not going to cheap out on a Dalek story. Well, yeah, and yeah. so here's yeah. Time Lash. Which- the story is pretty bar, you know, par for the course of Doctor Who. You know, yeah, you got some crazed person mm-hmm. who's tripping on their own power and thinks that they're all that, and they're like. I'm going to kill everybody and then I'll be in charge because there'll be nobody to stop me, I guess. And well, it's also re- got Shades of the Macro Terror here, too, where you have a leader via a monitor screen, which isn't all they seem to be, and no one can get through to them. And he's trying to control these underling creatures that are kind of with what he wants the world to be. But yeah, um, it's also, but, like, you know, the Wizard of Oz, where he's behind the curtain, Phantom yeah. of the Opera, a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, but just the the storyline's okay. There's some, you know, the references to the fact that this was actually supposed to be a first Doctor story. Right, and some of that is left in the script, and they say right. lines that are like, what? 
<laughs> yeah, but obviously it's not. But I love the references, the fact that the doctor's been here before in his third incarnation. And we even see yes. this painting of his face on the wall and that's Joe been covered Grant up. And, and, then, the, yeah. Yeah, and then the picture of Joe, which is it, it's a cool uh, idea, like awesome, a sequel so. to a story you never saw. Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And Big Finish is like, oh, yes. Yeah. But it's looking at this, watching the interviews, it's like nobody gave a shit about this story. Like, at the, like everybody's like, eh, well, you know, they get a first time writer on. Yeah. They have no money. They don't kind of don't care. I mean, John Nathan Turner pulls Colin Baker and Nicole O'Brien to go to a convention during this and practice yeah. pantomime you could have taken shows? perry out of this story yeah it almost wouldn't have mattered no she's it's very regressive on where they've been going she, too. this like, is the this is the decorative lamp story for perry yeah they say in like indiana jones like if you took him out the story would play out exactly the same yeah replace perry with just anybody else anything else yeah yeah you know? A, f- a fancy piece of furniture, and, <laughs> and this story. Gonna, she is so underutilized. No, it's like and this, she does absolutely nothing. And the scenes that she is in, she's constantly captured. Nic- and then, yeah, put, Nicola, you know. I love you. You're a sweet woman, and you and Colin have have great chemistry together. And I love that you two are still friends to this day, and it's so fun to see you together at conventions. But Perry is it like peak stupidity mm-hmm. and ignorance strong. in this story not a clue yeah about what's going on like she gets captured yeah and they've got her with this neck thing like mounted to the wall and then like this vest thing that ha- that's gonna have like the gas or whatever that when the creature attacks her to mm-hmm. release a gas and that'll set off the chemical reaction that will turn her supposedly into same mutated thing that this 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 horad uh, has turned into it's the pretty woman like she there that shows up here yeah. and there in in Perry's era like yeah but the entire time like the, the guard shows up and Perry's like what are you doing why are you hurting me like the, the typical reason people get tired doing, of playing like, a companion Perry, <laughs> you're here with the doctor ergo you are going to get into trouble right. this is just par for the course why are you asking but you have this a first time writer so that's part yeah. of the issue. She also is embarrassed by this one because one of the episodes ran six minutes long. One ran short. And yeah. Eric Sayward said, John Nathan Turner, we can fix this. He's like, if you scale back the one episode, or, we, or if we scale back, we can put a cliffhanger here instead of where we had it. It still works. It's fine. He's like, no, go shoot extra stuff for the short one or whatever. And they did it. They forced it into shooting Revelation of the Daleks. And she's says it's her worst performance ever. I don't think it's yeah. that bad, but it's not great. Like none of this is great. Time lapse, yeah. just none of it. Yeah, none this of it works. This is just bad. <laughs> it, also, it also was written as a Dalek story and rejected as that to just remove the Daleks, please. And so good. Who knows Cause, how? Yeah, because the following story is much better. Oh, oh yeah, but <laughs> but like who knows? Like what? how much time was given to remove and then start fixing and making it work better. Yeah. And it's, oh, there's, I don't know what, I mean, it's there. I mean, there's little interesting bits, but like nothing I could really like, oh, uh, well, you know, time rush is kind of underappreciated and I like to talk nice about things, but yeah. like this is, I not- mean, the doctor does some interesting things. 
Yeah, we got HG, here because HG this Wells. Doc, what, you know, well, and this doctor does not have the sonic screwdriver mm-hmm. to get him out of right. trouble like every other incarnation does. Mm-hmm. So this one has to be a bit more ingenuitive and taking the crystals and turning that into like a, what is a time dilator, yeah. time something or other that allows him to create a projection of himself so that people see that, but he's actually already moving, but they're 10 seconds behind him and what he's doing. It creates mm-hmm. like a 10-second difference between his reality and everybody else's reality. And that's really cool. That's a cool premise. And mm-hmm. any other doctor would be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to use the Sonic and be like, yee, and call it a day. But now this one is like getting into the guts of the TARDIS and pulling out wires and right. stuff and then doing things with crystals and all sorts of things. So, yeah, this one at least gives the the doctor an opportunity to to show the genius that the doctor actually can be sometimes instead of acting like mm-hmm. the smartest person in the room without actually doing anything. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm time, glad you I'm glad you're actually you doing something. That. I'm glad <laughs> so, you presented that cuz yeah. I didn't have it with I mean, it's there. Yes. Uh yeah. but you know, I one interesting aspect I thought with this is like it Collins uh, from start of Colin to here we've had an interesting there's been a lot of like uh a desire to connect him to the history of doctor who but i i don't notice through like i don't know if i've noticed it through a lot of the other doctors but like the, when we first meet him there's the oh the reference to the fourth doctor with his previous mentor like his past mm-hmm. self the attack of the cyberman of course had the connection of the first doctor and the 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 foreman junkyard whatever and the second of course being a sequel to a second doctor story yep. you know and then with the ronnie we they referenced the master dying but the fit which is a fifth doctor story and then obviously the two doctors but there's a big attempt to like really tie him to the history of doctor who that i don't know i had noticed with the other doctors up to this point other than bringing back a monster there seems to be a little bit more fitting him in there with his lore and how he was with his previous incarnations like recognizing that rather than just oh look it's the daleks again and the Daleks yeah. go, oh, he looks different. Just a little more than that. Seems to be a through line to do that, but it's just kind of neat. And then, yeah, and Pertwee in this one would be the one that they hadn't referenced yet for him. Yeah. So it is complete. You are your own doctor now. Go. <laughs> for a couple more, and then we're going to shit can you. Um, <laughs> I did like the, the little, I like Perry when they're talking about Andromeda. And he's like, oh, we go there. She's like, are you serious? It's like boring there. Mm. Keep going, and I—that's kind of funny. Like it got accused of being them regressing and bickering, but I thought it was more it came off more playful than than that. I would think, but yeah, I mean, I like that the, they mention other places that mm-hmm. may they may have been there in trips we either haven't seen mm-hmm. or the doctors always intended to go there. Yeah, yeah. but and doesn't stuff- on screen. So again, yeah. big finish is probably like we could use that. Ooh, <laughs> and the Andromeda box set. Uh, yes, <laughs> they went on four hundred adventures there between Time Lash and uh, Two Doctors. Yeah, I I do think like going back, it's I you see the relationship with the Doctor and Perry a bit more clear, and it works. But I tell you what, like once we get through this and the next one, when you get the mysterious planet, those two nail it. Like that is boom, perfect. Mm-hmm. And you see, and it's kind of a reward for getting through this. Like they've found each other, and they are like amazing and mysterious planets. Um, that's where it actually 
beyond watching it multiple times, delving into it deeper, they just on the surface it's perfect there, right from from there. But yeah. there's a little bit of regressive here, and the next one kind of goes backward a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that then. Whenever I think of time lash, I also think of the gigantic peg wall from episode yeah. two, the the second part, where it's just like Plinko or something. He's just Colin hanging, which once again, he's tall, big man, and he looks kind of weird doing these like, because it used to, I mean, every guy previous was a little bit smaller. Pertwee's at least looked a little yeah. bit larger in life, but they like never Colin put him on these. Colin insisting on doing his own stunt so many times he's like strung up and suspended from something. It's a like, set that like was meant for smaller people to look like, look yeah. like he makes Well, the, the outfit looks, doesn't, the outfit definitely does true. not help either. So yeah. it's like just he, he can make these like grand sets look smaller by, by just walking in because they're meant for like men five foot tall and he's coming in large it's not like oh what a fat ass i'm talking like just he's just a big man that yeah the scale when they do those things inside it's kind of funny uh but heat man he goes for it and he does it without the the pert we like googly oh, bug eyes too it's so great yeah he does those kind of things he gives it all though he, he just does. Not, he insisted on doing his own stunts and that's right uh one inter- interesting note also considered for the role of tecker was david warner that would have been interesting. Did he ever? He never did Doctor Who, did he? I not in the classic era. I don't think he ever think showed up in the new so. Who. No, oh. you know who Tucker reminded me of the guy that the guy that plays Tucker hmm? is. He reminds me of a young. Well, yeah, I don't know what era. I guess young aliens era. I guess maybe John Hurt. Oh yeah, a very similar <laughs> type of actor too. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He mentioned that his intention coming on to Doctor Who with Colin Baker was to try to ham it up as much as he could because when Colin was on Blake Seven, he had to play because he was a very straight like this type of guy, mm-hmm. and they wanted him to play that on Doctor Who and Time Lash. Be like, be like Avon, but here, and he's like, no. Colin came on my show, hammed it the hell up. I'm hamming it up to him because I had to play it straight and couldn't go on my instincts to have fun. Yeah, I'm gonna do that to him here. Yeah, <laughs> so that's what it was like his little revenge. Meanwhile, the gal playing Vina. Yeah, <laughs> at one point I had to laugh. I think it was. I think it was towards the end mm-hmm. when the doctor goes to cause the the time lash to self destruct so that nobody can you know go in or out of it. Right, and they all like run to go hide like behind the chairs or whatever. She's just walking. <laughs> They're all hauling ass, and she's just walk. It's like calmly walking at this leisurely pace, leisurely high pace. Yeah, like this big explosion's not about to happen (laughs) right next to her. (laughs) Like everyone else is running. (laughs) Why are you walking? (laughs) She doesn't even look like she's trying to like put an effort in. Oh, that's funny. She just does not give a shit at this point. (laughs) Oh, man. She's like, this is the end of this episode. I'm done. (laughs) Time lash. In a chase, yeah. Oh, my. Uh, H.G. Wells. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. H.G. Wells. A nice nice nod, a little... uh, kiss with history before quantum leap was a thing yeah it's not often that you know we get historicals mm-hmm. in doctor who which this is not really historical but it's got some historical elements because it does go to the 1800s and 
supposedly it's a you know the doctor when the throws the the borat into the time lash and leaves him there that's supposedly right. he is now the loch ness monster yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to know your your uh geography of scotland though because they don't ever say it's just like near you know which doesn't that contradict terror of the zygons too because oh. of or something. There's some big contradiction with the Loch Ness monster and Doctor Who because of this. I was looking up. I couldn't remember. Yeah, but it's like, not it's time it's, lash. Yeah. It's the one that doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's not very often that we get the Doctor encountering a historical figure. Yeah, uh, they've done it more now in New Who with right. Charles Dickens and Tesla and, and Shakespeare, stuff. Shakespeare, and. Queen Elizabeth the the first of different ages. Right. <laughs> Love who, him and leave him, Doctor. And who could who could forget not a dry eye in the house and the doctor met Vincent Van Gogh. Yep. Yeah, but that's new more of a new who thing it is, is yeah. the, the doctor running into real people. Right. But just to have it like the doctor's like he dropped his card, which just happens to know, you know, have his complete full name yes. written on it in like nothing else ever. Which, yeah, this is no telephone, no email, so right, <laughs> no Twitter handle. <laughs> but you'd I'm have to, passionate. you'd have to know, you would have to know, like if you don't, you're like, who's Herbert? That you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm on Twitter at HG Wells with a Z, yeah. <laughs> I think they were just grasping at straws at this point. They were like, We just need to fill this episode, just something. It's a we need historical, we need something. <laughs> what can we do? Like, oh, let's throw HG Wells in, yeah. This. You take him out of it, it's the same, like, yeah. yeah. Other than, yeah, we see the doctor reading said book in the right. movie the tv movie so which is a i guess a nice little nod checking up on him it's time to return to the tardis and set our coordinates for our next adventure rachel whereabouts in time and space can people find you oh you can find me every week at the five ish fangirls podcast we are our weekly pop culture geek culture entertainment podcast where we talk about books movies video games all things geeky and nerdy from the female perspective we are Pretty much wherever you can find podcasts and at the5ishfangirls.com where you can connect with us on all the social media platforms. And then every other week you can find me with Gold Standard, the Oscars podcast, where we are watching and reviewing every Academy Award winner for Best Picture in chronological order, starting with the very first Academy Awards and working our way through time. And as of now, we are still smack dab in the 1940s, but inching so closer to the 50s, which makes me very happy. <laughs> color! As we know. I want You want to go from Patrick Troughton to recovered episodes John Pertwee. Yes. <laughs> Give me color. It's, it's, been, it's been fun. It's definitely been a learning experience. My cinematic education has been... Uh, well, there you go broadened <laughs> excellent doesn't hurt all right uh hashtag hg wells with a z yes so i'm on twitter and instagram at brandon 4kuhd written work at why so blue.com there's more from the brandon peter show this week uh next week or yeah next week is the uh 
finale for this series of Old Space shows, so you won't want to miss that. But this week from Old Space... I am the companion, whether you like it or not. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Osman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. <laughs>